Hello, welcome back to Crack On. I am Marie Doyle Heffernan. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I want to start by thanking anyone who came to my gig in the vaults. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for purchasing tickets and coming. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm hoping to line up some more gigs, so you will definitely be hearing from me soon. Okay, so before I introduce this week's guest, I decided that, you know, as I said before, I want to spice things up a little for season two. So I thought like a fun thing I could add to the podcast is um, crack of the week, okay? So just like a general update, you know, just something maybe interesting or fun that's going on or, you know, we can just like chat about something new. I say we, and I am very much talking to myself. Um, But so I said this to Aaron, my husband, the other day. I was like, I was thinking of like adding on crack of the week, you know, like that TV show mock of the week. Um, I could have my own version of that. And he was like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense because mock of the week is not called mock of the week it is called mock the week did people know this like is this a thing and i (laughs) i do this all the time by the way like i get these kind of things wrong and i've been saying words wrong my whole life i um found out a couple of years ago that like you know the word realm I I thought the L in there was silent. So I thought it was like almond, you know? So I was always saying rem. And like, I know you're probably thinking like, well, how often are you saying the word realm? You'd be surprised. Like I thought it made me sound really smart. So I would kind of use it a lot. Like I'd be like, oh, she's in a whole different realm. So uh, that's news to me anyway so mock of the week is called mock the week which actually makes more sense because then I discovered that the show is I guess they like are mocking the week um so it's not really anything to do with I mean my crack of the week is not similar well it's kind of similar anyway so yeah here's me adding that in also if anyone else has been like pronouncing words wrong can you let me know maybe that could be our crack of the week next week um message me on instagram also i love getting your messages on instagram for those of you who are listening and um sharing it and you know just updating me as you listen i'm so grateful i love it so keep doing it um but my crack of the week was actually going to be my show in the vaults i know you guys are like oh my god shut up we get it you had a show in the vaults festival but um i basically had a tech rehearsal the day before and as we know i get very nervous I've talked about this a lot with my guests how you know I freak out and I'm just like okay can I run away and I had a tech rehearsal and it all went great and then of course I show up on the day and there is an issue with the sound so for the first 15 minutes of my gig okay so there's like a part of the show where I have like a um a dance song it's like a techno version of here comes the bride um I know I'm really selling this show to you guys but yeah so I it's it interrupted the first 15 minutes of my set because for whatever reason the computer just decided that that was all that wanted to be played um so I mean if you were in the audience let me know I hope it wasn't too distracting it was very distracting for me but in true Maria Hafner fashion I cracked on guys I also someone said to me recently how many times do you say crack on your podcast And it made me think of, you know, that line in Mean Girls? I'm going to play a little audio clip of it. I've been really busy with choir. We got to crack Gretchen Wieners. Crack Gretchen and then we crack the lock on Regina's whole dirty history. Say crack again. Crack. That is me. I'm like, how, how much can I milk the word crack? How many meanings can it have to me? And now I've just brought it to another level because it's crack of the week. Anyway, okay, that is the segment from me finished. I want to introduce this week's guest, except I did my usual thing, which I've been trying for season two. I introduced, I did the introduction with him. So I won't um, give too much information, but I will say that this was recorded just before Christmas and it was so much fun. And I know I say that all the time, but it really was so much fun. And this was my first in-person interview. I've done a few since. 
but it was amazing oh my god it was actually just such a nice vibe and it made me realize okay I want to do all of them in person whenever I can because it's just such a nice flow and we had just great crack there I go again okay so my guest this week is Pat Short oh my god couldn't believe he agreed to it but he did and he came prepared guys he came prepared he gave me lots of fun stories of cracking on and he was just absolutely hilarious as you would expect I was so grateful that he gave me his time and it makes for just a brilliant interview. I'm really excited for you all to hear it. And so continue to share the podcast, give it five stars on the podcast app. And thank you again for tuning in. I am leaving you with my conversation with none other than Pat Short. Okay, so what I've started doing is I like to run the intro by you so yes. that, you know, by my guest, so you can, look, we can, ch- if you want to say <laughs> king of everything, we can make that your I intro. I keep my mouth shut and say nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, here's what I've got. Go for it. It's a little bit wordy though, so we, we can no. work on it together. Okay. Today's guest is actor, comedian, and all-round Irish legend. Pat Short has done everything from stage to TV to the big screen. He's one half of comedy duo Dunbelievables. He earned himself an IFTA with an incredible performance in the 2007 Lenny Abrahamson film Garage and has recently starred in the hit Banshees of Inisherin. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much, Ray. That sounds lovely. That- <laughs> okay, is that good? I mean, Perfect. if I was to list every credit, we'd have no time for an interview. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I've had a good, varied career, so which is, you know, which is, and it's still, still going. <laughs> yeah. Are you like? Are you your agent's dream or nightmare? You know, because you're so busy. <laughs> nightmare, because I, I kind of we. Well, you see, I, I run a production house down Limerick, and yeah. we do all our own stuff. So my agent kind of looks after film stuff and that for me abroad, and in England and London and that. And I just and with touring, you don't you don't leave yourself much time to do film and TV. I kind of okay. You know the way we kind of work. Um, and I say we. I keep saying we. It's myself and Faye. My daughter is, is touring with me at the moment. But we work during the kind of autumn and springtime, and then leave the summer kind of free for film and TV, that kind of stuff. Do you find some productions, like some TV or film, will be like, okay, we'll wait because he's free during the summer? Well, some some stuff, but not not no. There's so much happening at the moment. Like, yeah. I mean, I just finished doing a Netflix thing and, a, and a, another thing, two or three different projects that all like it, it used to be more traditional you could nearly mm-hmm. kind of say the summertime you'll be working on film and tv but now it's all year round because okay. there's so much demand for stuff so no it's it, it, you tend to try and just slot stuff in as much as i can and then it, okay. it, 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 because the filming is monday to friday i tend to kind of keep the shows going at the weekend as well oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like why like you could go to paris I'm, on the weekends <laughs> if you wanted <laughs> well it's somewhere like it's fun and it's and it's also like we would you, you know theater you, you got a book um, a year in advance at least with mm. shows so uh, it's very hard then when, when stuff is sold out and that, and then a film pops up and yeah you want to do it. so you, you there, there was months there where I found myself working nearly seven days a week which was a bit crazy where but that's not, not all that doesn't always happen but okay. it was Okay. And you mentioned you're touring with Faye. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the most interesting thing because I I would kill any member of my family. <laughs> like I don't it's amazing though. How are you finding no, it? It is amazing. Like it's it's great. Like we we like yeah, of course, which I drive her demented at times. And yeah. she would drive me demented at times as well. But we get on very well and she's very professional. You know, that's the other thing about Faye. She's she's a hard worker. And she just right. loves what she's doing. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm really, I have to say, I'm really enjoying working with her. It's great, and it's good for me. <laughs> it keeps oh me, my g- god, you know. that's so nice! So like I'm, that's amazing. No, it's it is. It's great. It really is fantastic. But how did the rest of the family feel? Well, <laughs> well you see, it's just they, you see, there's Faye's the eldest, and then there's Lily, Lily Rose, and she's doing uh, event management and stuff. She's just back from Budapest now, and she's going to come into the office for the rest of the year, work with us in there. Oh, on, cool. On the okay. Kind of Marketing into things and stuff like that, and Louis is the first year in college and he's doing event management as well and business. And he comes out on the road the odd time, helping out with just the management of the gigs and shows and putting it together. So it is a kind of a family business. My wife stays out of it. Caroline yeah, yeah. <laughs> runs a, 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 a well, she doesn't. She doesn't. She she has a vintage clothes shop in Limerick, which is amazing. And oh, she, cool. Okay, she, so so like different world. 
Yeah, but I, I directed a short film there last year and she supplied a lot of the vintage clothes for it. Well, all, all the vintage clothes for the lead actress, which was amazing. So she's like, that's what Caroline did, fashion design. And she did, uh, she has done films and, and theatre in the past as well. But so she will row in and help us out with, with costuming and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think it's kind of nice sometimes to keep... Keep it as <laughs> exactly. Certain things are <laughs> If everyone is involved, it's too much. <laughs> it is way too much. Yeah, and we, we wouldn't want it that way, myself and Faye either. Yeah. And as I say, Lillian and Louie are just literally popping in to help out every cool. now and again. And more of, more of a work placement thing for Lily Reed, to be honest. Oh, I love it. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I won't um, I won't ask too many questions because yeah. we'll get into it. Yes. Because what I like to do is, you know, ask my guests to prepare two times in life where they had to crack on. My definition of crack on is, you know, just overcoming a hurdle, a hardship and finding some fun, some silver lining. It's okay if there's no fun to it. <laughs> it's okay if it's not too deep either. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, so uh did you have a first example that came to mind? Well, I did I too I, I to get and not to get too maudlin or whatever, I suppose when my mother died was one of the very first times you had to crack on mm. because No, I was only about seven or so. Um, but it's it, it, it's something that lives with you forever. Yeah. And it's so you also, were seven. Yeah. When your mom I, away. There was wow. a family of eleven of us in it. The eldest was sixteen. The youngest was four. So there was a lot of us there. Oh my god! And you had to crack on in a sense of just survival. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think, and, and as I say, I'm not going to get maudlin about it because it was, it, but it was very much the first thing that happened to me that I really would have a memory of that I had to cope with. Uh, yeah. emotionally and the thing was when I was I was too young to uh, really cope with it from a point of view of debt and loss and all that kind of stuff yeah. but uh, as I got older it started to affect me a little bit like that but it made me very strong and very independent I think Yeah, and it drove me on uh, so uh, what I'm saying is the positive side of it is it drove me on and, and uh, made me very independent and yeah. I think it's a good thing you yeah. know, if you're to get something good from it. Exactly. Well, I think <laughs> yeah. that's tough, especially at that age. Like, yeah. were you, Did you process it in real time, do you think? Or was it maybe a few years oh, after? Oh, it was years later. I mean, you've, yeah. you're too young to understand what is happening, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And I remember people often say, you know, it always, this is the first time I've ever brought it up in an interview myself. It normally, it normally is brought up in an okay. interview by someone. Um, and always for the wrong reason, I think. They always want to, like, I know one particular, one particular person, and I'm not going to mention names. Name uh, names. No, Pat, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but every time I did an interview with this person, uh, down through the years, they'd ask me, so your mother died when you were young. How did that make you feel? As if you wanted to get maudlin about it. Do you mm. know what I mean? Uh, and uh, the thing is, you, you're too young to have... Uh, feelings about it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's not till years later that you actually realise it's not normal. Do you know what I mean? That's that's how it kind of manifests itself. Yeah. But not in a maudlin sense. You know, you're too young to, to, to have any of that. I know. And how, so there was 11 of you. Yeah. <laughs> how does that, because surely, so I, I lost my mum when I was 23, okay? Yeah. And there's five of us. And I'm, what I find so interesting is how different we all deal with it. Yes. So with 11, is it just kind of like, it, you just, it's every man for themselves? Like, well, or? yes and no. But I think what it did do was brought us all close together. And the older okay. ones looked after the younger ones. I mean, yeah. I would nearly find it worse in a case like you because you knew your mum. I didn't know her at all. Do you, so, you feel like you didn't? Oh, no, I didn't. Like, I, I have absolutely no memory of her. Uh, really? Very, very small memories, but no kind of emotional, no friendship, no nothing like that. Do you know oh, what God. I mean? Yeah. No, no, but I, I that's fine. Uh, you know, in, in a sense, I'd find it harder if I was someone like your age who had a relationship and a bond with your mother or something and then she died. I'd, mm. find, that, I'd find that difficult. But isn't it funny you say that because I think... The other, the way, other around. way around. Yeah. I know. When you cope, don't you? you get I know. On with it. Yeah. I know. It's exactly. It's like, yeah. I think you just have to focus on, you know, the, the positives yes. in, in yeah. a way. And you're like, okay, if I don't have memories, then maybe this is the best way of just moving forward. Because, yeah, yeah I guess like sometimes I get bogged down on certain memories sure. and everything. But then yeah. I think, okay, I'm so grateful to have had these yes. memories, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. that And how, so older siblings, where, where are you? Oh, I'm the, down at the, the bottom. Line? There's three younger than me. Okay. And, and my dad remarried when I was 15 and I have a stepsister as well. So that, that made 12. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah. No, which is great. Um, so, yeah, there would have been three younger than me. Okay. Um, 
And did you feel like you were looked after a lot by the elders? Oh yeah, then? yeah. absolutely. Because yeah, you're yeah. in the kind of yeah. the other bracket. Yeah. Of like kind yeah. of under 10, I yeah. feel like everyone, it's the same, my, my brother was 12. And so, and we were all a lot older, like when my mom passed away. So, yeah. you know, my sister was 21, I was uh, 23. So everyone really rallies for the... The smarts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah no, you yeah, do, yeah. naturally. I know. You do. Yeah, but you're yeah. right. I think it brings everyone so much closer together. And if that, if there is a positive that's going to come from yeah. it, it's all the, as you said, like independence and the things you learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think it affected your comedy in any way? Um... <laughs> like I'd say you went into like surely you're just like fearless now I mean that's yeah, what yeah. I always say is like I think when you've lost someone that close to you you kind of have like nothing else to lose so you're like oh yeah. I can do whatever yeah there's a touch <laughs> of that I mean I, I don't know how I got into comedy very strangely um, I started off playing music a, a musician play saxophone jazz and all that kind of stuff I played with various different bands and I got to know John Kenny uh, in Limerick when I was in art college uh, down there and I started playing a few he was a friend of my brother's Tom the oldest guy was, and so I kind of just got up playing music with him but John was always mad and you never got up and played a tune you, it was a performance and you ended up doing and I was very very shy at the start but we we just spent about a year travelling around the country having great crack the two of us uh, and kind of before I started working with him I was kind of just having fun with him and playing music and doing it we just make up stuff and things like that so it kind of organically evolved if you know what I mean the yeah. two of us working together um, and my uh, stagecraft kind of came about from that as well because I'd never been on stage wow. I d you know even simple things of don't turn your back on the audience <laughs> you know it seems like a very simple thing but yeah. um, when you first get on the stage you, 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 your immediate reaction is to turn your back on the audience yeah. and turn away because you're shy or whatever I know loads of performers that, that started out like that yeah, yeah. Um, and then you just learned uh, about upstaging not going down the line too far all these kind of things came about through literally the two of us messing now John was much more experienced than I was and I learned an awful lot from him but we were on stage three, four nights a week and then eventually into the Unbelievables days we were six nights a week on stage. Oh my uh, God, I didn't realise it was so kind of casual how it came about, you know, that's totally. amazing. Yeah, totally. And I, I, for the first year or two, um, more, four years, I think I was doing Sound and Lights with John and jumping up and doing, jumping up on, on stage playing a bit of music or doing a sketch or doing a character and it eventually got to a stage where um, I was on stage so much we thought look we better get a sound engineer in here because yeah. <laughs> somebody needs to switch on and off the cues and stuff like that and that's our that was our I think that was our first kind of formal show a show called It's My Shout and after that then One Hell of a Do came along and One Hell of a Do was the big break for the Unbelievables yeah. um, that was a wedding show and that that's how things took off for the two of us. But yeah, I, I literally spent four or five years just up and down on the stage with John and doing sketches and comedy stuff and one thing or another. Um, and that's how I learned oh my, my craft. I said, wow. such, you know. So was there was there never like a sit down conversation between yourself and John of like, okay, we're actually really funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to make some money? <laughs> no, yeah, yes and no. I mean, we were just... We were just having fun, two of us, yeah. do you know. And I think when we went to America, we got a gig in the Irish Arts Centre in, in uh, Western 51st. It's a very small theatre, 100 seater. And uh, we sold out three or four months there. And it just went rolling wow. on and on and on and on. So we both thought, like, we couldn't get a theatre in Ireland to, to, to let us perform. We were two guys from Limerick. There was no comedy clubs in Ireland at the time. Um, and we were writing our own stuff. So no theatre would Lows inside the door and there wasn't that many theatres in the country in the sense that might sound a bit daft now but um, you know there was, there was like small theatres that were kind of local drama groups and stuff like that it was kind of like the early 90s when I don't know did the government give a lot of grants out or okay, something yeah. and, and, and that's how a lot of places were able to open up more theatres so there was a very very small theatre circuit in Ireland you had the Hawkswell the Bell Table the, 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 you know so they were kind of fairly full up with touring shows and and, and theatre companies so to give two guys from County Limerick uh, a, a night or two they wouldn't do it so right. we ended up doing a lot of gigs and pubs and clubs so we got the opportunity in New York and it took off for us over there and we both got green cards and we were we were going to move over right. and we we booked a lot of shows there and, and we got an opportunity to do the Late Late Show and it, like, like in those days if Gayborn liked you that was it it was yeah, all, you know yeah. so we did the Late Late and it went down a bomb 
and we sold out Anders Lane the week I remember the only week we could get in Anders Lane and a, a very good friend of ours in Dublin underwrote it if the thing didn't work he was going to pay for it um, was the week after Theatre Festival because nobody wanted to take any yeah, exactly. you know in Dublin because like people were three weeks of theatre and of course our audience then was almost not not a non-theatre audience you know yeah the, the, the classic theatre audience at the time so we sold out Andrews Lane and then that started the runs in Dublin and we we decided not to move to America oh and my god so that's what could have been, but it just like yeah. <clears throat> took off here. Like we toured America in the Midwest and everywhere. The, the, we, we were very good friends with, um, after our run in New York with um, <clears throat> the McCourts, Frank and, and Malachi McCourt. Yeah. And they had done a show called A Couple of Blackguards, which had toured across America. Very, very successful. And that was the precursor to Angela's Ashes. Mm. That, that was Angela's Ashes. The, yeah. the, the live, the, the, the show that they had written, the two of them. Oh, um, wow. before the book was written okay <clears throat> um, and they recommended us and Richard Harris who's a fan of ours Jim Sheridan and them, they were all out there kind of involved in the Irish Arts Centre in New York as well it was a, a lot of heavy hitters at the time you know mm. and, and they had they had uh, they had endorsed us across these theatres in America so we did the tour of the Natural History Theatres Seven John places like you know St. Paul and Minnesota Minneapolis and all these Milwaukee wow. and that which, which was mad to do. <laughs> and was it all Irish people no, or were, there was no. an audience for it in America we spent a month in St. Paul I think we played to four Irish people and we we did uh, we sold out every night the last week the first few first week was tougher but it built and yeah. built and then we the last week we'd sold out but that was the kind of what we didn't realise we were doing a theatre right in the middle of the city centre in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the university and it was part of the natural history or the American theatres but the Irish were all in the suburbs. We didn't know that. So they didn't come in to see the show. It was all American. Oh. Uh, but it was great. That was good for us, though, because it kind of got us sharpening up and yeah. looking at what we were doing, which was very Irish and keeping it Irish. Because our, our, our thing is, at the time, we used to change things that much because we used to say, if you want to go see the Bolshoi Ballet in Dublin, you don't want them doing Riverdance. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see the Russian show. Yeah. And if we're doing an Irish show in America, we don't want to to tame it down too much because we wanted people to see what real Irish comedy was like yeah yeah and also I think those gigs are what kind of make you a comedian are the ones that are tougher because it's really easy like people always say like oh it's so brave to do stand up and everything I'm like yeah but it's okay when you're getting laughs with a homegrown audience yeah the bravest part is you know when no one's laughing like I always when I go abroad that's when I uh, I do shows in, in different countries that's when I get very very nervous yeah really really nervous because I'm going Geez, they might not understand any of this when I step out there. I could I be that could be a long two hours next yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I know. you always, you know, it inevitably works. It always does. Yeah, or there's someone. Yeah. There's someone out there yeah. who likes you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will just direct the show to them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and John was also in <clears throat> Banshees. Is yes. That right? yeah, yeah. That we hadn't worked together in I think twelve years. Wow. We, we actually okay. haven't just twenty two years since we worked together. Uh, as dumb believers. Um, but we did a reunion gig about 12 years ago cool. and uh, that went on for about nearly a year that tour so we hadn't done anything together uh, We yeah. like we and I wouldn't see John that much either because you know he lives the other side of Limerick County and he very rarely would I bump into him in the city or anything like that and we just our paths wouldn't cross you know so it was great fun we we had a good run up in um, in Ackle we were there for a couple of months together um, living beside each other <laughs> <laughs> So the madness, the madness kicked off again. But it was great. It was great. Oh, and then with Banshees, were you like, here, I'll hook you up. No. Or, <laughs> John, no. come back to me. No, I tell you what it was, was um, Martin did approach me oh, a couple of years ago about that film and sent me on a script and everything. And then he, he rang me and said, look, I'm thinking of asking John as well. And I said, that'd be great. You see, we had done we had done uh, The Lonesome West many, many years ago with Martin when Martin yeah. was starting out actually and, and uh, goes back that long. And subsequently then I did The Cripple of Inish Man on Broadway in the West End uh, with Daniel Ratliff and Sarah Green and a whole uh, host, Conor McNeil and others. Um, and we so I, like I, I yeah, I, I know Martin very well like down through the years um, and uh, I know, I, I like, I, I it's funny, I, I never hear too many people talking about it but I, I think Martin's Martin is one of the best writers, comic writers of double acts. You know, if you think about 
Lonesome West. It's the two boys calling mm. in a valley. If you look at Crippled Vintage Man, um, the two old women at the start, I think is one of the funniest scenes I've in all of Martin's work. And he, he then you look at in Bruges and then look at this, uh, the Banshees again, it's back to double acts. It's, yeah. it's, it's the two lads again. And he wanted that dynamic with myself and John yeah. in the film as well, in that scene at the bar where the two of us, I think, is it a year round or something like that? The, the scene was starts out. But it's me yeah. and John again bouncing off each other. And for, it was funny because we hadn't worked in 22 years or 12 years or whatever it was. And yet the timing all kicked in. Just, yeah, yeah you're straight back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We'd rehearsed it a bit now, the two of us, in fairness. But it did. It kicked in fairly quickly. It was great. It was oh, great. Oh, yeah. wow. And congratulations on the film. I mean, yeah. it's done so well. <clears throat> I think it's 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 amazing. Yeah, it's been eight nominations for um, for uh, the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. Yeah, yeah my and I think the Critics' Choice Awards just came yes, out as well. Yeah, like no, my son was my son Louis was winding me up, and he says, "Oh, Dad, this is amazing." Um, eight nominations for the Golden Gloves. I said, what are, what are they? He says, Martin for Best Writer, uh, Best Screenplay, Martin McDonough, Best Actor, Colin Farrell, Best Actor, Doug, Brendan Leeson, Best uh, Supporting Actress, Kerry Condon, Best Supporting Actor, John Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you little bollies, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Well, it's brilliant. I, I absolutely loved it. And I think you're so great in it. Oh, as you, you are in everything. Um, I was great. It was great. It was, look, these are rare opportunities in life when you get to work in a film like that. A bit like Garage in the day. Yeah. Uh, it keeps popping up in interviews, Garage. And rightly so. It's an amazing film. Um, but it was a great changer, game changer for me in a sense of yeah. getting recognition to act in certain roles and stuff mm -hmm. like that you know yeah so. I mean Garage is amazing did you feel when you were making it that it was going to be as big as it was you know no um, no it was like it was very low budget um, very small crew I mean like we very I noticed the two lighting guys were on it but most days they were sent home early because <laughs> Lenny used a lot of natural light. Okay, do you yeah. know and and uh, it, it, so it, it, it as a film it had that real small compact kind of. There's only a few of us here. You know yeah. what I mean? It's almost like a student film. Um, and it was great. It was it, like it was intense. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The, the 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 work with it was, uh, and Lenny is is a, a perfectionist. You know, he's an amazing guy to work with. So it, it was all that. But I remember that when I did the ADR work for anyone out there, it's additional dialogue recording. It's it's after a film, you go in and do some of the voice that maybe a tractor drove past, and you, in effect, you know, all these yeah, kind of things. Yeah. So I was in a studio in Dublin with Lenny, and he said, "Look, we're just after getting word that can really want the movie, and this is very exciting." And I thought, "Geez, that's great." <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Do you well, know, very exciting. That's, oh, that's lovely. That's nice. A festival we go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not realizing uh, how important that was, you know, and, and also a lot of people, don't, you know, it won, it, it, what it got, it was in the director's fortnight and that was a choice of Lenny's. He wanted, if can, all the departments in Cannes were looking for it. But he said, that's the one I want. Mm -hmm. And he got, you know, he got accepted into it. But I think equally, if it had gone to, the, is it the Pandora or whatever, the other one, it probably would have got that as well. You okay, know? Yeah, but you yeah. couldn't go into the two. You can only go into... Oh, right. Your, oh, okay, your, I didn't no, know that, yeah. That's why if you, if, you, uh, if, you, if you accept one of them, the rest of them have to um, turn you down. Right, Do you okay. Know? So he got that. And also <clears throat> within that, I think out of thousands of films, they pick 15 for directors for now that's you, you don't oh get a big award right? that's just you've done that but yeah. Scorsese all the big directors down through the years have been in the directors for now so that's I think it was, was a decision of Lenny's that he really wanted if if he was going to get some and while we were there then we won some some other award which was the best art house film in the world um, that year it, it, as part of the directors fortnight mm. so that was huge and that I think opened up the film then in uh, hundred and something countries for it's release insane. you know so it was insane yeah it was nuts oh my god <clears throat> I mean it is it's an amazing mm. film yeah so. yeah it's lovely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no it is it's good. so again like Banshees it's a nice one to be involved in you yeah. know it's great yeah you're so humble like I would be like <laughs> I'm amazing I want to go outside the door and be jumping up and down the <laughs> Up and down Dawson Street. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would actually look, it's, you know, that's the nature of film. You do it a year ago. 
you know, and by the time it comes around, it's, you, you start, yeah, it's you've like, moved on to another project. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but nice. I think that's the best way to do it because when you yeah. have these kind of projects in like a chokehold, that's how I say it because you then you care too much yeah. and it's never going to meet your expectations. So that's probably why your career is the way it is. You're just like, keep looking forward. Yeah, keep moving on. Yeah. yeah. Try and reinvent yourself and do something different. You yeah. Know? Well, that's cracking on, which leads yeah. me to my, <laughs> because I just got so carried away. I had too yeah. many questions. <laughs> so do you have a second example that you want to share? And I want to thank you so much for, you know, sharing so much with me. Well, I, I think I probably said it there, you know, yeah. I, I think um, the other time of cracking on was when John got sick and, and the unbelievable separated. And I had yeah. never put that into context. We were apart from you know, my best friend being very ill and we not knowing what the outcome was going to be. Thankfully it was, it was positive and good. But the other side of it, I had a very young family at the time mm. and a mortgage and all the things that go with it. And I had no work. And I was, I'd never done any work on my own. I'd never done a solo show or done anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that was, I was very much absolutely out on a limb, even though I was very well known. The Unbelievers were huge. I'd done lots of, you know, I'd done massive theatres, 2000 theatres and all that kind of stuff. But I'd never done it on my own. I'd never held a show on my own or put it together. Mm -hmm. And uh, not knowing would people want to see what I do. Do you know what I mean? The characters. Yeah. You don't. You, you just don't know. It's very yeah. easy now to look back and say that was, sure, that was a foregone conclusion. You were going to do a solo show. And why wouldn't it? You know? Mm -hmm. So, I, it, yeah, I, I, it took me two years. I was two years before I actually put something together. And uh, kind of got to the stage I had to. <laughs> Okay, you we're on our last bit of whatever savings. View, whatever view Baba had was, <laughs> was dwindling very quickly. Oh no, nothing will motivate you better than actually just being poor. Just be like, poor, yeah. <laughs> it's very true. I will sell myself. <laughs> so I know I kind of had to, but no, I also wanted to, you know, I, I, I remember like uh, Lily was just born and this is before Louis was born and he was born a year later, but I, I remember looking at her thinking, God, she's just a tiny baby and geez I have to kind of do something here I can't you know they're all going to suffer so I did it yeah and I, and uh, funny enough that was 20 years ago this year um, oh my god yeah I, I, I only thought about it I was on stage with Faye down in uh, Kilkenny about two weeks ago and I just it hit me and I'm not great for social media I should have taken loads of photographs and put them up but my first solo show was in uh, Cat's Laugh in Kilkenny and uh, that I was on that stage in that oh theatre and the Watergate theatre and we sold out three nights there um, and that was the start of it and I remember I left the Cat's Laugh to do an Aircom uh, commercial I literally they picked me up that night after the show and brought me to Ardmore and I think it was the biggest commercial uh, on a stage we took over two stages in Ardmore and built houses inside the stage and it was wow. massive and I spent three days actually shooting with Lenny Lenny Everson uh, wow. we, we shot the commercial um, it was a huge aircom ad and a mixture of me going out on my own and that ad launched my kind of solo career yeah. and it went just ballistic after that and I also got approached by RT that same weekend it all happened that weekend <laughs> oh my god so <laughs> to, the universe was waiting for you to just yeah, get back out there they literally they had someone down there and the cats laugh um looking at comedians and wanting another and, and she approached me and asked me would I write a pilot for RT oh and I gosh. said no, <laughs> no <laughs> I'm too much on at the moment honestly I said give me a year think about it and I did I took a year and then wow. I, I did uh, Kill the Scully the first pilot of it which we got 700 and something thousand viewers the first episode for Ireland that was incredible Huge, yeah. so there was an audience there for that and, and then RT went with us so in the following year we did the first series but yeah so that it kind of all happened on that stage in Kilkenny Cats laughed that oh I was the, I, I think I was the first Irish act to sell out uh, before the, the festival opened wow which was uh, which they told me I think they've told loads of other people the same thing <laughs> they said that to me last May yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard a few other acts say that but did they... <laughs> well, anyway, look, I'm taking it anyway <laughs> take it you know, I'm like, sure that's they, true <laughs> they used to they used to be a headline with, with an American act you see or, or an English act yeah yeah so and I was one of the first Irish main acts to headline they still do get a lot of international yeah. Acts. Yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. that's major yeah no it was it was huge for me and uh 
Yeah, that's where it all kind of started. So that was a kind of a crack on moment. Yeah. Uh, big time. Yeah. Uh, and you really had to kind of crack on. You know, I, in my head, I was... It's so scary. It's like, awful, that is, awful. Yeah. It's I, I don't. I've never done that in a scary sense. Really? Yeah, no, I've, and I've done... I remember, I, I always talk about Boss Grady's Boys with Tom Hickey when I did that play. And uh, like any opening night is horrific. You know yourself. And I'll never forget it. Uh, Tom has, has gone from us since, but the show is opening with the curtain, the fire curtain comes up and the two of us are sitting on chairs right beside each other looking out into the audience. And just before the fire curtain came up, Tom turned around and gave me a big hug and he says, oh Jesus, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was nervous a bit, but I thought, fuck, if he's nervous. I know. <laughs> he's, this guy is a genius. <laughs> I really need to get... <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. And it was a, it was a show too, Bus um, uh, by uh, Sebastian Barry. Yeah, and it's those big monologues in it. A fantastic writing, uh, but I had these big monologues in that play, and I'll never forget it. Uh, just hadn't enough time to rehearse them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there never, never is never for is a big enough. monologue. No, there's no, not enough yeah. time. That's amazing, and yeah. yeah, you're right. That's like a big crack on moment. I yeah. think those are just. I think they're defining for your own kind of character as well. Yeah. You just never forget, and I think what I often now, having done you know a few years of stand up. And I think my scariest show ever was my first Dublin show because I had only ever done it in London. And I wish I had done Dublin sooner because the jokes make way more sense here. <laughs> I had not realised. <laughs> I'm not half as funny in London. <laughs> didn't realise how funny you were. Yeah, but I was so sick before. I was like, oh, yeah. oh my God, oh, I'm, not, I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing this again. And I kept saying, Darren, oh my God, it's my last gig. It's my last gig. Why are you waiting? I said, this is my farewell yeah. tour. <laughs> And then, and then I, you come off stage and go, that's amazing. Yeah. I need to do this every night. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't we booked? Why haven't we got more stuff booked in? Because, because you didn't want to? Yeah, yeah, because I cancelled it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I know that feeling. Yeah. I know, it's terrible. I yeah. know, but I think then <clears throat> once you do that, everything else becomes like a little less scarier. Slightly, oh, you know? Oh, no, it does. Like, yeah. I, like I was amazed with Faye to start of this tour. Like we did, we put yeah. the show together. And she was so together and cool. Really? On opening night, yeah. And like I was kind of looking at her, waiting for her to go. Just like a break yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. And she was incredible. I mean, really. Now, I, she did train to be an actress and all the rest. So, yeah. she, I don't know, has she, I don't know, does anybody um, get techniques that you do? To just not To not nervous. break down and cry. I know, I, I know. <laughs> if they do, can they share them yeah. with us? <laughs> it's funny. But she was so cool. Uh and it was I, I, I was I was in such admiration of her. For that's amazing, that. it was incredible. But that's probably because she saw you do all that you did while she's growing up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. She 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 grew up on film sets and TV mm. and TV sets. Like yeah, Killa, she's like this is nothing to me. Yeah, like Killing Scully every year we used to do it down in you know near home and they'd come up to set since they were they were tiny. Right. They're in every every season nearly. You can see them growing up in the TV show. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> you know the, the Christmas ones and that when they used to come in for. It was kind of funny, yeah. They didn't want, I remember one year, there was a, we were looking for elves or something just to line up for this Christmas thing. They didn't have to do anything. And they were like, no, not doing it, not doing it. And we did auditions in the school. And then they came out and said, why, why didn't you ask me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly I had three new elves. <laughs> it's once their friends were doing it, it was cool. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. what happened. It was like, they didn't want to be seen dead next to me when they were small. And then when their friends got the jobs, they were, they were, it's straight in. It was funny. Oh my God, that's brilliant. I'm, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you and Faye working together. I know I've said it already, but fair play to you. I know, that's it's great. Just brilliant. It's, great. it's so good. Okay, so I like to wind down with a fun lightning round. Yep. You can veto <laughs> any questions if you need, okay? Um, so I have the questions on my phone. I'm not just, you know, a boarding mission yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first question of my lightning round is your personal idea of the crack so it can be an ideal night out a night in I would have years ago said a night out but actually now it's a night in uh, a good dinner party with a yeah. good bunch around it and or there's another one too probably is a good music session because I play music and, yes. and I've got a lot of friends who are musicians so a really good session in a pub you can't beat it would you have people around for a dinner party and then be like I've got you here I'm going to take out my guitar 
Well, I, I'm not great guitar, but if I had musicians around, friends who are musicians. You would like turn it into yeah, a session. Yeah, it would turn into a session. Yeah, Love exactly. That. Yeah, okay, that yeah. That's great. And that's a very Irish answer. I think. Yeah, so probably. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all just want a night out, but like with a bit of a sing song at the end, you know? Oh, yeah, it's like, great. Well, I mean, when you it. get talented musicians, like you yeah. can't avoid it, you know? What I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, a habit you can't crack. Oh. Drink too much. <laughs> we Again, all do. Another Irish answer. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'll have to get a bit healthier, and uh, uh, they, they keep telling me at home. Put, he's he's back from the bottle. <laughs> I think maybe over the pandemic we all sat at home drinking too much. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I need to get out and just get a bit fitter and get a bit more healthy. Okay. Well, look, we're coming into January yeah. 2023, so you've put it out there now. Yeah. I'll I'll check in a few months. <laughs> Give Caroline a shout. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first time you cracked on, so this would be your first kiss. Oh, God. I do remember. <clears throat> that was terrible. <laughs> ah, stop it. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I can't do it. No, I can't. I, I was, my first ever girlfriend, I was, to meet, uh, I was to meet her outside the library in Turles. Okay, that's that's romantic. Yeah, no, I, I watched from down the road and I couldn't go up to her. Did you? <laughs> so I left her and went away home. You can just so see her no in first, the distance. There was no first kiss. <laughs> there was no nothing. I didn't even get a library book out. <laughs> oh, God. I did you ever have any kind of follow-up? Was she like, uh, excuse me? We yeah, I think we did, we did go out with each other. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. She, was, oh, she was lovely. Yeah. so funny. Yeah. Okay, that's a great <laughs> answer. Yeah. So, so it never happened. It never happened. Exactly. <laughs> Still waiting on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, someone or something that always cracks you up. So it could be a comedian, a TV show, movie, whatever. Oh, God. Oh, I actually, it's actually a good friend of mine. Uh, Des, every time we go for a pint, I have to crack. We're just in tears laughing. And he's a funny guy. Um, uh, that that's, makes me laugh. Uh, let me see. Uh, Faye is listening to this being like actually <laughs> when she cracks me up all the time all my kids do they're all hilariously funny um, they really are um, but I suppose like my favourite comedian if there was to be such a thing because I like I like loads of different comedians but Dylan Moran cracks me up every yeah. time I just think he's hilarious yeah. and, and brilliant uh, I've had the pleasure of working with him on one or two occasions but I always go to see him no matter where he is Love that. Great. I'll take that. <laughs> um, a time you cracked under pressure. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. Um, I, well, I, do you know where I, I don't, look, when you work in the live scene, you don't crack too much under pressure because yeah. the show goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess doing the live is kind of cracking un under is, pressure yeah. in a way. Yeah. Like I remember one time, oh my God, I was doing a show in a hotel room and we sold 400 tickets and uh, we'd like to, I like to keep the room not too too jammed you know mm -hmm. so the room could take more and the hotel decided without telling us James we could put more in there so they oh sold an extra 300 tickets <gasps> now there was 700 people at the show and like how big are we talking like is this room <laughs> it would have taken 600 comfortably okay okay um, reasonably comfortably but 700 was just crazy and the PA broke down 10 minutes into the show. Stop. So I had to, <laughs> and my crew were new, so they didn't know what to do. No. So I had to stand on top of a, a table in the middle of the room, just go doing the show, getting on with it. And I always 700 had, people. Yeah. It's and, not like, you know, no. it's like 50 is grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember there was a show, <laughs> and I remember the, the show was about based around a funeral. So I used to get these guys to carry a coffin out and, and, and we have it like a wake in a funeral. Mm. And of course, one of the characters I played used to run around he was an undertaker, but he was all over the place. He had no clue what was. And he was leaving things behind. So I used to run around. I'd be a bug mic on me, forgetting everything, like the flowers and forgetting stuff. And this was the character, this comedy in the character. So one of the complaints afterwards was, just couldn't hear him. And sure, he had, the other thing was he had no clue what he was doing. He was running around. Yeah. <laughs> he was looking for stuff. He didn't know where that was. <laughs> and you kind of go, that was the character in the show. <laughs> But how but were people... We got through it in the like end. Like, the complaints. Are people coming up to you afterwards and saying that? During the show, one part, one or two people came up to me and we eventually got it up and running, a, a small sound system up and running. But if we hadn't... If the small sound system would have covered us for 400 people, but not. No. And yeah. it, it was so... 
I, I, and if we only had 400 there, we could have got away with it. Yeah. But it was just, it was a nightmare. And I, I, that, I, I, I did manage. I remember there was a, a Polish guy working with me and he brought his friend to the show and your man didn't have much English. And he came up to me afterwards and he shook my hand and he said, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I hope you never see it like that again. <laughs> he thought I was amazing that I actually stood up and kept the thing going. But you yeah. do. Yeah. You instinctively do because I'm just waiting. The guys are going to fix it any minute. And uh, it was. Yeah, uh, I think that's the only way to kind of get through is to yeah. think, okay, yeah, this will be sorted in a few minutes or, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's it's hectic. I mean, I the D- Dublin gig I did a few months ago. Uh, we arrived and the there was no sound or anything, no projector, oh. all that stuff. And I was <gasps> like, I I you just, just you was like base round projection and stuff. Y- yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Know, I know. I, yeah. I, that's happened. Me so so I was like, I think what we do is I just have to like check in hospital or something. We just sh- send people a picture. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, she's violently ill. <laughs> the show's done. There was a bus ran over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See anyway. <laughs> I did a show once like that. With, I, I stopped doing projection because it just inevitably it always breaks down. It's like, a connection nightmare. It, it yeah. is a nightmare. And uh, I remember in Nina one time doing a show and the projector broke down during the show. So I just told the audience, could you imagine if there was a picture of a dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I just, I just made it up and pointed at a blank screen. <laughs> Okay, I'm stealing that. <laughs> yeah, you work away, you work away. Oh God, it was, yeah. it was terrible. But it worked out really funny. It, yeah. It that, actually worked funny in the end. And also, I think we don't give the audience enough credit sometimes. Like, yeah. they don't need to be fed every image or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, They Absolutely. can imagine a dog. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and then you do the gag around it. And yeah, the yeah, dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I love that. <laughs> okay, so another question I have is, have you ever cracked a bone? Yes. We're really milking the crack taste the crack question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I tell you what I did once. I um I had an amp uh, gone, broken down on me, and my tech guy couldn't make it in and I had someone collecting the amp from the office at seven o'clock in the morning. So I got the flight case up and I got into the office at like half six to undo the, the flight case and take the amp out of it. And I thought the amp was in the flight case screwed in but it wasn't. Mm. And when I lifted it off something, it fell out through and down onto my toe. No. And he, and I just passed out. Did you actually? <laughs> oh, I did, yeah. Oh, God. I came to on the floor in the warehouse a few minutes later. Were you and by I, yourself? I was on my point? own, yeah. And I started crying then. <laughs> I, felt I so appreciate sorry that myself. you've admitted that. But I, I promised my sister... <laughs> uh, it was a bad storm and I had a generator. I promised to bring down the van. So I, I managed to... Get, get the amp ready the guy came and collected and I put the generator in the back of the van I drove to Clonmel and I'll never forget it it was my right foot so I had to use my left foot on the accelerator and I had tablets because I broke three ribs in a film a stunt went wrong a few months earlier oh my and I God. still had some of the tablets left over so I took them and the pain was kind of moderate yeah so so uh, I, yeah I went three days I went to Clonmel dropped off to the, the, uh, the, oh, you the generator and then I, yeah. I drove back to Limerick <laughs> I went about three days and I ran out of tablets so I got pain was so bad yeah. so I went out to my doctor and I said I need more tablets <laughs> she said what's wrong with you and I said the prescription ones you know I said I just dropped an amp on my toe and it's sore she said can I see it I said ah Okay, so I, I took me ages to get my shoe off. And <laughs> when I pulled off the sock, she screamed in the surgery. <laughs> ah! Because <laughs> my, to- my whole toe was black and swollen. My foot was black. She said, you need to go to the hospital straight away. Oh, my God. So when I went to the hospital, they x-rayed me. And my toe was like a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> all different slices of bone. They were all smashed up. I smashed my toe to pieces. And you went three days? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, what? I don't know if I even. I think I'm gonna slip with my shoe on. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have to see it, it's not a problem. <laughs> oh, they were great tablets I had. <laughs> I was doing a film, you see, a while earlier. I won't mention too much about it, but uh, I, there was a scene where they were. I was getting beat up and thrown into a hot tub, and uh, and the fight. And what happened then was the camera was on the fight with me and the actor and another actor comes in and fights him drags okay. him away and I come out of the hot tub and they fight so the camera moves with them 
So what happened was the actor never locked his leg on my leg, which he was supposed to do. And fair enough, he's an actor, he's not a stuntman. Yeah. So when he threw me into the hot tub, I couldn't get out. I was upside down and I was drowning. No. So I, I, I managed to wriggle my way out uh, while they were fighting. The camera Did, moved away and the stunt people... Oh, had, yeah, because the camera's not on you, no, so no one's they, they noticed. No, started like, on me and then it moved, so nobody knows. And there was a stunt person supposed to be looking at me and they, they, they got caught up in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great, Andrew. <laughs> and I managed to... I bust three ribs, get myself out. I was nearly <gasps> nearly drowned. And then the camera comes back in the fight and then they throw me back into the Oh. Which they did in the fight sequence. <laughs> so just when I came out, I was vomiting and everything, and they caught me and threw me back in. Now it looks great on film because it looks like real. I'm, I'm dying because it because I am. Because it was real. <laughs> <laughs> and when you see him on the film, me and the water coming out of my mouth, and I think I delivered two lines like Wah! I kept acting because I thought, "Fuck, I don't want to go back into that hot tub." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm giving an Oscar-worthy <laughs> yeah. performance here. And they did. They threw me back into it again. What it film funny. was this? Is it? Is it film, this recent? It's not too long. It's a film called, oh, they'll kill me for saying this, uh, Dark Lies the Island. Okay, so this is entirely not related to crack. Yeah. But this is a question that I love to ask everyone and I'm so curious if you have an answer to this. So I love reality TV. Yes. Like trash TV. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I like to ask all my guests who their favourite reality TV star is before we sign <laughs> up. Like, come on, give me a good one. I don't have one. <laughs> Honest to God, I don't watch reality TV. Oh, come on. I know, you got to get into it. No, I don't. I'd leave that to Faye and Lily and, and Caroline and them all. Uh, no, I, I Are honest... they ever watching like Kardashians and you're like, you know, passing through the living room like, oh, what's Kim up to now? No. <laughs> I couldn't care less what Kim is up to. Fair enough. Honest to God, I, 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 I've never watched reality TV. Um, yeah, they, they all watch it now. Of course they do. Yeah. You know, um, but like, you know, I, I couldn't be arsed. Okay. Yeah. I'll ask Faye who hers. Do, we'll, do. We'll put it, we'll, we'll just dub it over, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, that's all of my questions. Do you have anything to add? Tell us what you're up to now and, uh, no. and where everyone can catch you. Look, I'm on tour with Faye uh, all around Ireland in from January onwards. And um, I have a TV project on the go for next summer. Um, uh, well, I'll be doing it. Brilliant. Uh, one or two. So, yeah. And sure, whatever else. I just finished a thing called Bodkin. I was working on that and Netflix thing. That'll be out next year. Cool. And there's another thing, Sisters, a, a thing I did as well, which will be out. It's not out yet. It's coming out soon as well. I did a piece in that. Great fun in that. So, the, yeah, there's a few bits and pieces. Will just be a few. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's great. You just know, this but... little Netflix thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was great. It was good. Look, I, I, listen, you know, I, I had a nice little part in it and it was lovely to work with a big, big project like that. Cool, know? yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're doing great. As, as Chris Jenner would say from your favourite show, The Kardashians, you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> uh, well, I want to thank you so much. Oh. I mean, this was like, this flew by. This was so fun. Oh, it was great. Thank and you very you're much. you a Pleasure. superstar. Thank, thank you so you. much for thank doing you. this.